Hi, I'm Margot Mayer, and I'm here with Archer Mayer, author. When a mystery writer has also been an Emmy and a fireman and a rescue guy and a detective, watching television and movies with him is fascinating because he sees all the stuff that's wrong. Uh, yeah, Margot's being very pleasant. Uh, watching uh, a murder mystery with me uh, while we're uh, staring at TV is a pain in the neck uh, because I'm constantly grumbling about, oh, for God's sake, they can't do that. And, oh, for God's sake, you know, that oftentimes the shows will then, you know, the cop will get in trouble and I'll go, okay, that's fine. I have the same suspension of disbelief that I hope my readers have when they read my book. So I'm not completely compulsive about observing police procedurals on TV and finding them coming up short. But there are, I think, certain basic standards. And if they really are violated, then I walk away. Now, what's that mean? In the real-world experience, uh, law and order does a pretty good job. Uh, there are other shows, usually on Lifetime channel, that are pathetic. Uh, so don't believe what you see on Lifetime uh, and take everything with a grain of salt. Real police work is, a lot of it is spent in front of the computer. You're looking for stuff, you're writing stuff, you're documenting stuff. Uh, Lots of police work is incredibly boring, uh, and a lot of it is very frustrating because a lot of your efforts end up in nothing happening whatsoever, uh, not only because a deal may be done with the prosecutor down the line, but you may not even get it to the prosecutor. So I had a case in point not terribly long ago on a death investigation, and I'm working with a cop who knows that I used to be a cop, so there's a an ease of uh, collegiality there. And um, I ended up taking over a lot of the uh, interview process in this case. And we thought we had a case where, um, you know, things just weren't right according to the story we had heard upon entering the place versus uh, what we were discovering via the interview process. So long story short, this was a case where I think some malfeasance took place, but mitigating circumstances were such that we probably won't be able to do anything about it. Uh, the person, the dead person, is still dead. Uh, it's what we do, what do we do with the live person? And that involves something else that TV shows often miss, uh, and that is the subtleties, the interpretation is what we used to call officer discretion, whereby... Even before you go to the prosecutors or all the rest of it, you weigh a case, you talk about a case with one another, and you come to decisions to either do or not do what might seem obvious to somebody else. Uh, and this is the humanity of police work. This is where you fall upon your integrity, your honesty, your knowledge of human nature, and, of course, your dependence on cross-communication with co-investigators. And this is a crucial part of what I do when I uh, do these jobs, uh, both as a cop in the old days and as a death investigator now, is I talk to my colleagues and we reach a consensus. And that's when we act.
What are mistakes that you see in these films and television? Yeah. Uh, well, one of my favorites, of course, is that I'm constantly uh, nudging you in the ribs and saying, for God's sake, no cop in their right mind would wear a gun like that. Oftentimes, this is not to be misogynistic, but women on TV oftentimes don't wear their weapons properly because it doesn't flatter the hip look. So they take their guns and they either slide it right over their belt buckle or they slide it all the way back to the small of their back, even though they do not have a small of back holster, which is a specifically designed holster that allows quick uh, draw, if you will. I know because I have all those holsters. I have cross draw. I have small of back. I've experimented with all these things because having access, automatic, immediate access to your weapon is key. You don't want to figure out how to do that little function when the bad guy has uh, drawn a gun on you or is coming at you with a knife. And I look at actor after actor on these shows, and I think, by God, I can tell you I haven't been out in the streets. <laughs> and on down the line, funnily enough, uh, you know, you watch these shows, and you have to take it with a grain of salt, as I implied earlier on. You these are dramas. These are shows about uh, entertaining people and, and keeping things moving a mile a minute. And as I already pointed out, that's not how real police work uh, functions. We stand around a lot. We wait a lot. Uh, we spend hours and hours doing nothing so that we can have those few seconds of panic. And, uh, you know, so it's just kind of a, a different type of reality. For example, gun usage. Yes, have I pulled my gun out uh, in the old days uh, on several occasions because I thought I might have to use it? Yes, of course I have. Uh, have I gone through uh, buildings that we thought might be occupied by people who were threatening and therefore had a fully charged shotgun ready to go? And did we do tactical entry? Yes, of course. But uh, I never fired it at anybody. Uh, and most of the people I know who are careerists will never fire at anybody. Uh, in the state of Vermont, there have been a few police shootings. Uh, they're unfortunately climbing a number, but they're very few and far between. And I would probably venture to say that over 90% of law enforcement uh, folks generally and specifically in Vermont are never going to fire their weapon at anybody. And that, of course, is as it should be because our weapons are our mouths and our pens, not our guns. We are verbal judoists and not, you know, ace shooters. If we were, we'd be thrown off of the force, and that would be entirely appropriate. You actually mentioned blood spatter. I love blood spatter. Blood spatter totally floats my boat. I obviously only say this when I'm alone with fellow investigators, no, no family members nearby, but give me a, a bloody scene any day, uh, and I get completely nerdy. You may have gathered by now that I'm kind of nerdy by nature. I've gone to lots of blood spatter schools, and I find the interpretation of all that stuff on the floor and on the ceiling and on the walls and on human beings absolutely riveting. It's like doing a crossword puzzle, especially when things don't line up. 
So someone stabs someone in the chest and their hand goes up and down, the blood is going to fly off that blade. Uh, it's not just going to result in uh, what the TV shows always say, well, that's a four-inch blade with a serrated edge. That's complete nonsense. You don't know how long that that knife will be. Even at autopsy, that's difficult. But at the scene, it's it's impossible. And serrated edge, please, you know, how the hell are you going to know that? Uh, so you're not turning to Ducky uh, and saying, well, how long has the body been dead? And he says, oh, he died at uh, 4.13 uh, yesterday afternoon. That's complete nonsense. And he, and he takes a thermometer and he plunges it right into the liver. Well, thank you very much. You've just befouled a crime scene, which is the body itself. So keep your goddamn thermometer out of my liver. Thank you very much. And on down the line. But they're all very dramatic. And they're all terribly riveting. And people come up to me all the time and and say, well, when are you going to probe the liver? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I lay my hand on the body and I say, oh, it's cool. That's all I need to know. Ducky is wrong. Sorry to break it to you. But blood spatter, I, to go back to a favorite subject, you know, it, it, it is amusing. I remember going once many years ago to training uh, and we went into, uh, it was an academic environment, so uh, we went into one of the huge lobbies that went up four flights. Uh, and this was invaluable for the teacher uh, and for us because we took vials of real blood and we went at various distances and we ran back and forth and we stood still. And on one occasion, I went up to the fourth floor, leaned over the balcony and let her fly with a dropper full of blood and squished it out and let it drop four flights until it splashed on the floor below. And then we would all run around taking photographs and measuring and talking to each other, completely unaware or uncaring of all the various students and professors in the distance walking by throwing up because obviously they could tell what we were doing and it was not attractive. Don't do this in a social setting, in other words. But the learning curve is huge uh, and wonderful because now I can go to these real scenes and uh, absolutely, you know, put in my two cents worth. On a lot of occasions, because of my specialty, I can be of much more service to the police who are busy being instructed on their off hours and other pursuits. Very few of them, therefore, have gone to blood spatter school. Uh, certainly not as frequently as I. So I become their interpreter. And, uh, yeah, that's a good feeling to be able to perhaps set something right that was misinterpreted upon first glance. To learn more about Archer Mayer and all his books, go to archermayer.com.